you now to your regularly scheduled program. Hey everybody, this is Josh Martin. And I'm Marty Hyde. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Tattoos and Jesus podcast. I am very happy to be here. Here at TNJ, we seek to blend the righteous with the ridiculous. Please explain. We discuss coffee, counseling, Christianity, and whatever else crosses our mind. We hope you enjoy it. Okay, let's go. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of T&J. That's my radio voice. Here with co-host, Joshua Martin. Yo. How's that gang looking over there? We're, look- <laughs> We're looking okay. Um, I could probably turn it down a little bit, but... It's okay. So, so is life. We need gain in our lives. So, presenting your new sponsor for all of your clothes washing needs, Gain Detergent. Gain smells pretty good, actually. I can't tell you if I've ever used Gain in my life. We get the Gain Pod sometimes. I'm a Tide Pod man. We always Tide Pod. Um, they are tasty. What? It <laughs> <laughs> took a second. <laughs> they are tasty. I do. I, oh. But you can't tell me. Okay, in all honesty, you can't tell me you've never picked one of them up and been at least thought that kind of looks good like just give it a little nibble like it like the feeling like it's yeah. almost like a little yeah like a little gusher like an oversized no, gusher no i can completely understand like do you uh do you know those little fruit shaped things that people bite into and liquid comes out yeah uh those are called gushers no no they're huge they're gushers. big gusher it's not a freaking a big gush mega gushers Ah, fruit. Fruit squirts. Shaped juice things. Where is it? Oh, here they are. Boom. You got your phone on you there, Sunshine? Yeah, I do. All right, I'm sending this to you. What is it like? Great value gushers? No, like these are on, like I see these on TikTok. Smashers? Because last night I actually watched this on TikTok because this girl bit into one and it shot out her nose. Anyway, if you're listening, if listen, for those who cannot see me right now, go Google Fusion Select Jelly Fruity Snack. Don't tell me you've never seen those. Never seen those in my life. Really? So basically, those are like a Tide Pod. It's literally sold under Walmart as TikTok TikTok Challenge. That's correct. So here's Charlie likes them. My son, he, he eats them. To me, they look. I've never tried one, but they look like they would taste way too strong. Like I'm sure they are just full of sugar and are like super strong. But they're like a Tide Pod. They're like thin. Oh, some interesting advertisement pictures. I, on the I didn't even look at that. Right? I don't know what that is, but uh, yes. So okay. So to be fair, do you know what keeps me? What has kept me at times from just wanting to just kind of like put my lips on a Tide Pod just to kind of feel this, what it? I'm pretty sure that membrane is like doesn't it dissolve because that's what releases the yeah. And so like I would be terrified that I would just like just jokingly just go mm, 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 you know right on it and it would just <laughs> dissolve in my mouth. Yeah, it does. How do you know? No, I'm just kidding, but I have been tempted. Just a, just a little lick. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just a little swipe. Swipe of the tongue. That is so gross, though. Um, be, okay, so we've been playing Bean Boozled periodically for the last month. 
played it with our connect group at, um, from church Tuesday night. You know, one of the flavors you can get is is dirty dishwater. Yeah. I'm I believe that if I were to let a Tide Pod explode in my mouth, it would taste a lot like the dirty dishwater. It probably would taste like but stronger. The dirty dishwater and the toothpaste mixed together, eating them at the same time. That toothpaste is pretty good though. I mean like if you've eaten raw I mean the rotten fish jelly belly, the toothpaste is actually a welcome relief. It it is. Sarah always tells me that because I like mint chocolate chip ice cream, I pretty much like eating toothpaste. But I don't see the connection. Do you eat mint chocolate chip ice cream? I just earned a new level of respect for your wife. Why? Because mint chocolate chip ice cream is disgusting. It's delicious. And it's nowhere close to toothpaste. That's that's false. I can understand that. I don't like mint ice creams. Peppermint, whatever... What kind of mint you're eating? Mint chocolate chip? Yes, mint chocolate chip. No, none of those. I like gooey. Like It could be chocolatey gooey, caramel gooey, marshmallow gooey, or fruity. I can go gooey or fruity, never mint. See, I'm not big on the fruit ice cream. I just... No? Like a good... Like strawberry ice cream is good. So here's what's funny to me. Strawberry is probably my least favorite flavor. Of foods. Like if I eat Pop-Tarts. I love Pop-Tarts. I love blue blueberry, cherry, and cinnamon brown sugar are my top three favorite Pop-Tarts. No questions asked. Strawberry Pop-Tarts, if I never ate one again, it would be too soon. I can eat them. It's not like it's repulsive to me. But I have no... Like strawberry flavors don't normally... I don't normally like them. But strawberry... But strawberries and strawberry ice cream... Love it. Hmm. Wildberry Pop Tarts. That's a solid one. That's the purple, that's probably, right? With the, yeah, the, the that that's teal top notch. Yeah, those are okay. You want to know a fun fact about strawberries? Uh, sure. So every strawberry has seven hundred and three seeds. How do you know this? I'm just kidding. That's made up. Oh my gosh! Here's a true fact. So Strawberry Hill. Mm-hmm. Right up in where is that Inman? I thought it was Chesney. Chesney is it Chesney? I don't know. A anyway, lot. most people know where Strawberry Hill is. If you don't, go Google it. All right, Strawberry Hill has a cafe. Attached to the cafe is like an ice cream shop. Right, you go up there. They have a couple homemade flavors. Is it Chesney? It is Chesney. Okay, yeah. so they have a couple homemade flavors. But they normally just stock, I don't know, whatever the most ice cream, Hershey's, whatever the brand is. However, I know someone that works there. And so what she informed me was they teach her in new employee orientation. And you get in trouble if you don't do this. If they, it, Because it's Strawberry Hill, they grow strawberries, amongst other things. They make homemade strawberry ice cream. When, they, when you're asked by a uh, a patron, what's your favorite flavor here? You have to answer strawberry. Well, 
Good thing for Strawberry Hill, the secret's out now. <laughs> so hopefully they don't so they don't if, trace back to uh, you, this employee. Right. So that's the thing is is they are required to say strawberry. And I get it. It's cute. It's funny. Strawberry Hill. It'd be like saying like you work at Waffle House. What's your favorite thing on the menu? A waffle. But I don't know that deceptive marketing. I mean, their homemade strawberry is supposedly really good. I'm not saying it's not good, but you can't answer honestly. You have to say strawberry. Speaking of deceptive marketing, <laughs> what you sipping over there? Mm. So we have decided we have a confession to make. I know this is going to oh, be a sh- this right. Is- Following the deceptive marketing that's, comment, we that's have excellent. a hey. Listen, authenticity is a value of mine. If I'm not anything, I'm authentic in this moment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you guys are not going to believe this, but we gave a biased review to a coffee in the recent past. If you remember episode fifty. We reviewed a coffee and gave it a what a nine eight nine eight yeah a nine I eight think it was nine eight it could be a nine seven a it nine, could eight. um high high score yeah Josh tell them just confess we got bought out we got we got bought we got paid off to do a f- from ourselves from ourselves Josh tell them what we did so you're telling me. You built this whole thing up about authenticity, <laughs> and then you pass at the actual confession off to me. This is a conversation. Okay. So we may have been a little biased on the Brewberry Coffee. The Dirty Brew brand Brewberry Coffee. But with that said, our first review might have been a little high. That's right. But we do really love the coffee. So, so we're, we, we're adjusting to 9.6 no. total. <laughs> so Josh and I have decided to do a, a true review, an accurate review for you here today. That said, shout out to Amanda Ledford, who got some Brewberry coffee from us a couple weeks ago and went and posted about it. Gave a, gave a review, gave a rating, her and her husband, on Facebook. Somehow, I can't see it. So, oh. Amanda, if you listen, Ashley showed me your post. I can't find it through the T&J page. I might just be an idiot, or else I was going to comment and like the post. However, I don't know if it's private. I don't know, but Ashley showed me the post. Thank you for your. But anyway, she really liked it. She loved. I mean, I, we've got good what feedback. Was, yeah. What, what was the? She gave a review of the Brewberry, and she gave it very high scores. Okay. She said she really enjoyed it. Her and her husband both. Yeah, I've I've got that from a lot of people actually. So we actually still have a few half pound bags left. Yes. And so if you are new to the show, didn't know that Josh and I launched our own line of coffee, Brewberry. It's a hint of blueberry with a Sumatra coffee and you would like to try some give us a shout out delicious now with that being said yeah we heard last week marty's concoction of iced coffee Mm -hmm. and so i would like for speaking of conversations marty can tell conversations or confessions 
of oh. when I got out of session today about his grand idea for the coffee review. Yeah. So instead of just doing a a re-review of Brewberry to Brewberry, I decided, hey, it's summertime. The air conditioning is not working here where True. we work. It's hot as crap. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to make my world famous mm. iced coffee. I was like, this is genius. I had this whole plan. I was I, so I so Josh put sugar in his coffee normally. I put Splenda in mine, and and so what I did is I made a pot of Brewberry, sweetened Josh's with sugar. Oh, that's so, nice. <laughs> so sweet of me, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then I sweetened mine with uh, Splenda. And then I went and get to get a, a big cup of ice. And what I was going to do is I was just going to, because I didn't have time. I didn't have time to just let it chill. I was going to pour the coffee over the ice a few times so that it would chill it quickly without like letting the ice just sit in there and dilute the coffee. Uh, and I did this. I did all of it. I brewed the coffee. I sweetened it. I put it in our T&J cups. And um, we don't have any ice. Yeah. Marty <laughs> failed to remember there is no ice in this building. So I checked three different locations and there is zero ice in the building. So now we have our regular <laughs> brewberry coffee There's, warm. Hey, listen, there is nothing like hot coffee in 96 degree heat. That's right. But to be honest, this will be a unbiased review. It will, this is how I would drink the coffee just on a daily basis. A lot of reviews, I drink it black mm-hmm. just to give a, a straightforward review. I've got my uh, pack of Splenda in it. That's how I normally drink coffee. You've got your little sugar in there. So, and we've been sipping on it the time we've been talking. And so what is your purely mm-hmm. honest non-deceptive marketing view of <laughs> honestly brewberry i love this coffee like no no jokes um and here's why so i've gotten some feedback by one guy who does not like the fruity flavor he doesn't like the blueberry he doesn't want fruit in his coffee that's the exact opposite for me i love the blueberry after like kind of back into it and so if you also like blueberry coffee, I encourage you to go over to Little River Roasting and get some of their Ethiopian light, brew that and chill that. That cold has a very strong blueberry flavor. So anyway, so I love the blueberry aftertones. Uh, is that a word? Aftertones? Um, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Tasting um, notes? Tasting notes. There you go. But what I love the most about it is it's it has that dark flavor, that like Sumatra-like flavor that we love. It's super smooth, no bitterness, and so it's a really, really smooth cup of coffee. And that's probably the biggest compliment I've received is that it's just a smooth drinking cup of coffee. So, so what's the score? Oh yeah, my score, legitimately, mm-hmm. probably a. I see. I have a hard time going over eight. Uh, I want to give it a seven eight. Like it's 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 literally I could drink this every day like it wouldn't phase me but I feel like there's probably coffees out there that are just like superior so I don't want to go too high but it's probably a seven eight legitimately I got you so yeah so the thing about 
this coffee that we love that was which was what was our goal in this Mm -hmm. was to create a coffee that had some flavor but also had some stability in it as far as coffees go because it was the perfect mixture because marty likes flavor things and i was more of non-flavor things so it was a good compromise I I don't I do not enjoy flavored coffee. Every flavored coffee, except for pumpkin spice, little pumpkin spice. Every flavored coffee that we've had has been pretty bad. Oh, I like mint coffee. I, see, hate, I didn't like the mint coffee. See, I hate mint chocolate ice cream, but I really like either peppermint or mint chocolate coffee. I didn't I didn't like I the, don't, the mint, but whatever. I don't know why. I'm just yeah. But the mint coffee. I think it's still at drug and alcohol, but I can tell them to bring it to you if you want it. No, it's okay. Um, what What's your score? What do you? So yeah. So anyway, so I don't I, like the Sumatra non flavored non flavored stuff is where I, I usually hit my high ones. But this coffee is excellent. I drink it at home. I drink it, you know, hot, cold. Because I can drink it hot and cold. That's. You're, because you're, some you can't. It's versatile. I'm going eight six. Eight six? Eight six. Legitimately? Because the versatility of the coffee. Like if you just like iced like Sumatra, it kind of loses that dark flavor. But if you ice this, it actually becomes really good. Just as good as it hot. So it gives it a, a little tick above yeah. like where I would what did Jimmy tell us he he rated it at? I think he kind of he dogged on it a little bit. I don't think he likes fruit. Well, I think he gave it like a seven. A, was it? Yeah, six, it was higher seven. than a five. I want to say it was a six, low seven, something yeah. like that. Yeah, he said it's hard for him to get into the eight, so I think it was a seven something. But you know, you bring up a really valid point. That would look, drinkability on this is like a ten. Yeah, drinkability, just smooth cup of coffee. Versatility, though, like I never thought of that. It's a switch hitter. Yeah, it's it's very it's very versatile and still good. A lot of mm-hmm. coffees you can't ice and it be just that's as true. good. That's true. So um, it gives it gives it a little fair. advantage. So eight two between the two of us, and I think that's a very honest score. It's like Kanye if, West. If coffees. you like the notes that are in it, right? If you like a darker yeah. coffee, a smooth tasting coffee, and you yeah, don't so. mind the kind of the fruity. Yeah. Um, tones to it. Then I mean, you I can also really, drink it's good. without sugar, with sugar, with a little cream. Like you can drink it in certain ways and it still be good. You like, can freeze it and put it on blueberries. Yeah, you freeze you can, it. You can instead of you can get blueberry Bathe shredded wheat and use it in place of a uh, place of milk. Mm-hmm. Literally anywhere that blueberries are found, you can replace it. Mm-hmm. Strawberry made, Hill uses this as their. That's coffee. correct. I made a blueberry cobbler. Just blueberries, brewberry and coffee, coffee, and coffee grounds. Best cobbler. Yeah, <laughs> that's correct. Mm. I replaced the eggs with coffee grounds. Mm. Best blueberry cobbler ever. Funny story. When I worked at the mill, I had a little. I don't I know what kind of story like, this conversation is prompted. It, it, it remember your pie remember triggered this memory and i was working at the mill and we have a little coffee pot in my office granted's third shift i usually make a pot of coffee and then all the all my employees come they got a cup i make another pot while well, i was late getting to work so one of my employees saw, thought 
I'll make I'll make this coffee. Well, you know, I'll just make it for him. So I come in, I come in, and I'm sitting there, and I pour the coffee. And I mean, it's like one o'clock in the morning. I pour I pour the cup of coffee. I take a sip, and I get a full mouth of just grounds of coffee. That is the worst feeling. <laughs> and worst I look, feeling. And they didn't put a filter in it. He just dumped it in. The- <laughs> he just dumped it. He dumped it in in the thing with no filter. Did it even so, brew as coffee? No, it was like muddy water with grinds in it, and it was absolutely disgusting. Did he know how to make coffee? No, uh, no, he he didn't realize there was a filter that went in it. But <laughs> he, I give him an A for effort trying to help out, but. No, so that reminded me of your your pie was like the ground could be in there. All right, eight two. You changing it? No, oh, I'm total, saying total, that's total. the total eight two. That's your dirty brew review. Yeah, Josh, I got a I got a question for you. Yep. So this week, at our uh, connect group, it's a small group that meets in my house connected to my church. Um, there's a group of us that meet. And we were talking about, so in Second in Timothy, right? So if, if you're a person of faith and want to go check this out, if you're not a person of faith and want to go check this out, um, for Second Timothy 2.2, so it's easy to remember, 2.2.2. All right, it, Paul is talking and he says, hey, take this story that has been given to you, the story of Christ, the story of our faith, and pass it down, right? And so it's just, and so it just got us conversating about how to incorporate our faith in a non-awkward way. Like my challenge to him was like, how can you just like, how can your faith be a real experience to you, so that you just incorporate it into the stories of your life without it feeling like an awkward conversation? So that got me thinking: Have you, ever, <laughs> have you, ha- like, I feel like Christians do a good job of feeling obligated. To, to like share their faith, whether it be in like a loving way or a judgmental way or in a you just need to meet Jesus way, and it ends up being a really awkward interaction, right? Think you go to pee at a urinal and it looks like there's a hundred dollars laying there and you pick it up and it's a track. Oh, mm, I love that, <laughs> right? And so even as a Christian, it makes me cringe. So, like, have you ever had one of those, like, Christian cringe moments when it's like, bro, we're, like, we have the same faith, and I don't, you're making me uncomfortable right now. Um, because they just aren't able to effectively incorporate their faith into just the story of their life. Yeah. So, I got a couple of examples as okay. we, we talked about Just it. off the top of your head. We haven't even discussed this. Yeah, so, <laughs> as we've talked about it. Um, past few minutes so the first one that came to mind was um church signs Mm. like church signs really bother me because they're never like a few of them are like clever funny they're good you know whatever but a lot of them are like fear driven i hate fear driven messages like the fear driven messages do absolutely nothing so, here's my thing. Sorry if you are fear-driven, messenger, but it's like I'll pass a sign. There's actually one around here, and it'll say, "It's it's like if you think it's hot now, just wait." <laughs> and I'm like, 
What good does, especially as you, an annihilation, it's like, what good does that, what good does here's that Here's what we should do, is we should go get poster boards and add to those signs. So that if you think it's hot that now. That would be hilarious. We should add, like, August is coming. Yeah. <laughs> if you think it's hot now, yeah. wait till November. Like, come up, like, we should come up with just, like, finishing the sentence. <laughs> oh, that would that be would so. Be, that would be a good one. And just yeah, we just could, bought a lot of the letters that you put on sign and like finish the sign off somehow, <laughs> or 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 make another sentence. Yeah. So uh, that's the first. That's the okay. first example. That's got my wheels turning. Uh, I think we would probably get in trouble legally by doing that. So we can't get caught. So it's just a secret between you so and I. Edit this out of the podcast. If it show, if anyone, if on Facebook or the news, it shows up too mysterious. If you know these men. Please let us know. They have been, they have been finishing church signs. It's not us. I just thought about we could we could add to like random advertisements. Like if you think it's hot now, just wait. Rogers heating and air is just around the corner. <laughs> like, like some kind of weird advertisement oh, for some. One thing that I have done is looked at church signs that I thought had stupid things. It was like what what could I write with the same letters? Like if I just went up there, and took the letters down, them. and rearranged them, um, and tried to write something different, um, yeah, that would that'd be a good one. It reminds me one time I was at church in Gaffney, and the um, the pro- the project the projector that has all the words on it. There's a chorus called "We All Sing." We all sing. We all sing. They forgot the G. We all sing. True statement. Like the whole congregation saying it as sin. Yeah, no, they, 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 nobody, like everybody started laughing in the middle of the song because it left, they left the G off on accident. It wasn't a on purpose. And every time that song comes up, that's all I can think about. That's funny. So you, um, you reminded me of something. Um, oh, 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 talking about Turner Burn or whatever. Okay, so. I don't want to call out any churches, but if you go to this church, you've been there, you're going to know exactly what I'm about to say. So Ashley and I, that's my wife, if you don't know, she was on the podcast last week, begrudgingly. Um, so, so we went and toured a church one time. That's all I'm going to say is because I don't want to give it away. So we went and, and to, I should just give it away because I think it's stupid. But anyway, so we go tour this church one time. We're walking through the church. And above every single water fountain, it says something. It says the exact same thing above every single one. I forget the exact quote, but it's something like, there's no water in hell. (laughs) (laughs) Above every water fountain, it says, there's no water in hell. And I remember seeing that. And and like the guy was giving us a tour and we got some space. I said, we got to get out of here because this these people are nuts. Um, that says, I know some people that go to the church there and they're wonderful people, but, um, I was just like, for you to add to that, like print off a bunch of, there's no water in hell, but there's good heating, but, (laughs) oh, but call Rogers heating it. Yeah, right. That'd be a good, I don't even know if Rod, I think it's, I don't even think that's real, but, but, um, I'm sure somewhere there's a Roger. Yeah. The Turner Burns get me. Also, the David and Goliath comparisons kind of irk me sometimes. Like, okay, that's a little drawn out. Some like your Goliath. Yeah, I mean, is your Goliath really the fact 
that you got to go get gas in the morning. Like, yeah. you know, it's kind of sometimes it's a little much on what little, we throw. Slaying in your giants. Yeah, slaying your giants. And your That's giant right. is literally like I seven, have, seven keys to I Christian to to weight loss. <laughs> yeah. I got to go to work today. I got to slay my giant. Like, no, you just got to, mm-hmm. you know, be a part of society and community and go. To so, work. does that mean that you don't love. Judgment houses around Halloween? No, because it's all lies. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, kind of. But uh, no, we actually had this conversation the other day with some friends. No, I think, man, this podcast can really get get heated up. No but, pun uh, intended. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think judgment houses are dumb in the nicest word. But I just I don't understand what. What benefit? It's like the well, you got to warn them. I'm like, but here's the thing: you're you're scaring people to become Christians, which is in no way, shape, or form how Jesus communicated the gospel. So, if Jesus scared anybody, it was other Christians. Yes, he never he never approached a non Christian in a like repent the king. Right. You know all that's good. Never do you hear that's him fine. whisper. I hope you like this Galilean breeze, <laughs> right? Because the air is. St- Dale in hell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you see me walk on water? Yeah, imagine you in flames. Like it's just like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. Like judgment houses or going through that process. Like it just have you ever been through one? Experiences once. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think I might have went through one when I was like in school, like high school or something. Well, it doesn't help that you know half the people that are playing in the play. Like, <laughs> like you follow the same person, but you're Jerry, in class with you them. you are not a demon. Right, and then they end up like burning in hell at the end, then you see them at class Monday. Like, it's just kind of weird. Like, mm. I don't know. Yeah. But. Did I ever, um, have I told you, I might have told you this story on the podcast, that time my wife went to a, not a judgment house, but a what are those scare trail things called? Haunted trail. Haunted trail. Yeah, my, when my a, brother-in-law has when, a haunted when a trail. dude Deer farm shout out when a dude jumped out with a chainsaw and like touched her, got too close to her or something, and she like freaked out and hit the guy because you're not supposed to touch him. Yeah, it was her boyfriend. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I don't and know if she, you told us on podcast, but I remember you telling me. And she, I'm like, y'all clearly had a really close relationship since you didn't know he was employed at yeah, a haunted that, trail. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I would like to. I I, w- I want to say that she decked him, but I don't think that's true. I just want that to be true because my wife is capable of such. Um. Well. I mean, that's as less you know. Don't touch her with a chainsaw, I guess, but. I, I I don't. I use um be careful. A weed eater. Be careful. To get her. <laughs> All right. So n- next question for you. Uh. Speaking of ridiculous oh, 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 I was gonna tell you this other story. One time I was at the fair and I got approached by a guy with a track who I wanna say it was the Columbia State Fair when I was living in when I was in grad school. This dude approached me. And, like, was trying to witness to me with a track. And it was so incredibly uncomfortable that I finally looked at him. I was like, listen, man. And it's one of those things that, like, when you're out there with tracks, you think everyone is everyone is not saved. Like, everyone needs Jesus. And that even the people are like, nah, man, we're on the same team. Like, we're both believers. They immediately think you're a liar just to get them to go away. Like, I think that's how they're operating. And so... 
I'm t- I told the guy, nah, man, we're on the same team. And he wouldn't let up. Like, he, I'm pretty sure he thought I was lying. I was like, no, dude, I, I believe that too. Like, I'm a Christian. We have the same faith. Probably wouldn't be doing what you're doing right now, but same, same team, man. I finally just had to walk away from the guy. Because he was, uh, um, anyway, it was just uncomfortable. So here's here's my next question. In the Bible, right? And so if you're a person of the Christian faith and you've studied the Bible, went to Sunday school, grew up in church, there's tons of biblical accounts that we talk about with no connection to the real event. Have you ever thought about what if... You heard these stories outside of the Bible. If just a random person walked up to you and said, you ain't going to believe this, but I was on a trip to France last week with my cousin, with my cousin Susie. She went swimming, fish swallowed her. (laughs) Fast forward a day, she landed in an ER. She had been spit up. 10 miles downstream survived like if you ever put yourself in these stories it was like if I was not taught to just accept these stories at face value so, oh yeah the story of Jonah swallowed by a fish they would sound absolutely nuts yeah and I'm not saying that to like make you deconstruct your faith and be like, oh, I've never thought about that. These are all nuts. There's no way they can be true. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying when you put yourself in these stories, they're crazy. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, and, but the, the funny thing is like the craziest ones become like kid stories that they color. So like Noah, Noah and, uh, the whole world pretty much being drowned to death. Like, right. But it's not called that. It's like Noah's Ark. He yeah, Noah's all Ark. all the animals, and now he's Do on a new world. Do you know how bad it probably smelled? When the, when, let's, let's go with a literal view of this thing. The whole world is flooded. Everything that's not on this very large boat dies. I'm thinking... It smelled a little rotten. Yeah. It's a little crazy. I actually, one night on third, speaking of the meal. You did a lot of things on third shift. I, I, and a lot of nothing. Yeah. There was, there was a fine line between a lot of nothing and a lot of stuff. But one night I tracked out, I, I like read and tracked out how long the flood lasted from the first rain to when he got off. Was that hard to track? Because I'm pretty sure the Bible tells you. No, it tells it in segments. It's like, oh. and it gives dates, and but it doesn't get. It gives like ancient dates, and you gotta like follow them. You have to. All add right, them. fast forward to the end. What did you find? I'm gonna start using that on you. Fast forward. Fast to forward the to the end. <laughs> Over a year. From when first the door drop. shut, first raindrop. From f- when the door, when God closed the door, to when God opened the door, it was over a year. Do you think that Noah got seasick? <laughs> I don't know if Dramamine was a thing, but if he didn't, then, I mean... 
All right. Did well, you if he did, then he yeah, he struggled. All right. So I asked this question to the youth a few weeks ago. We, we actually talked about Noah. The first thing, one of the first things Noah does upon departing the boat, which I get, like we're getting a snapshot here. It's not a play-by-play. So like after the door opens, it says Noah departs and he does this and this. Like you don't know. Like is that a eight-hour window? Is that an eight-month window? Like we don't right, get yeah. like a full snapshot. Was it eight million years? Right. No. Um, he gets off, and one of the first things documented is that he sac- he made a sacrifice. He only took two of each animal on the boats. One male, one female. Does that mean that every animal that was sacrificed at that moment was no longer able to procreate? And that those are species of animals that are, went extinct because of that sacrifice. So did he did he sacrifice a velociraptor? Maybe that's why dinosaurs are gone, because that's the sacrifice that Noah made. My guess would be because of the timeline, there were multiple animals after the ship was ready. Because them animals, I mean, they didn't stop them from like mating. <laughs> like he brought two on the ship, but there's more than two coming off that ship. So that's my take on it. That's my take too. It's just a trick question a little bit because most people don't immediately think about animals having sex. And so oh, that's like your first thought. I asked the youth and if you know youth, all they do is think about sex. True. So maybe not animals, but <laughs> the sex part. And so I was sitting there like I asked them, they're like, Mind blown. Like, dude, that's a good question. Like, are there some extinct species now? And I'm like, nah. They procreated. That's my theory. I mean, I wasn't That's a good question, though. Yeah. That's a good question. Because wouldn't that be cool if you found out that Noah sacrificed three different animals and all three species ended in that moment? I will say... It probably cut their lifespan more than other animals. I mean, that's one less. Yeah, the one that died, its lifespan ended immediately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's one less. That's one less. So if you think about that being the starting place of the rest of filling the earth with these animals, you took out. If you oh, only yeah, had yeah, four, yeah. there's one less genetic you, pool procreating. Twenty five percent of the animals mm-hmm. now were taken out at that moment. So I mean, it there was a like if there's. Say there's a thousand goats in the world, which I know there's more, and you he sacrificed one, then he took out two hundred and fifty goats right off the bat. That's a good point. So can we reverse engineer this and see who has the smallest species <laughs> of animals to see if maybe it's because that one was sacrificed and therefore it slowed down the the procreation rate of that species? We can give it a shot. <laughs> we can give it a shot. You need to go back on third shift to go down <laughs> yeah. that adventure. Yeah, that was right after our flat earth conversation. So what do you think is like the craziest story in scripture that we just take at face value and don't truly appreciate living in that experience? Have you ever heard the story of the king having his stomach sliced up? 
What? I'm just kidding. You're trying to tell my story. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I knew you were going there. Um, no, I mean, to be 100% honest. You don't know any biblical accounts? I've never read the Bible. Um, no, I would say, I mean, Noah's a uh, Noah, like. That's a solid one. Noah's a solid option because the whole buildup of that is like, is crazy. Like they had angels slash humans. Like you talk about the Nephilim? Yes. I can't believe you brought this up. My wife has been my wife co teaches a college class. They have been debated but my I wish Ashley was on the podcast and willing to talk right now. Can she can you call her? I I could call her. But she's not. She probably would. She no. So she would say there's debate as to whether or not the Nephilim were real or not. It could it could be referencing ancestors of seth i'll give i'll just say that okay so but yes. yeah there's some weird stuff going on there's some weird stuff there's also weird and like we take face value things like animals and things like the things that it like just it it talks about in general which we're used to today but really it's it's kind of wild like there's monsters in the like they are legit there's like, monsters in the earth i just still don't know where dinosaurs come from right and like if you look at a crocodile it's like oh i mean yeah i guess technically it's a but it, think about the all this is one one thought i always have and it's crazy like could you be could you imagine being the first person to run into blank and so i was thinking about the ocean like the first person to walk up and like look at the ocean or look at a crocodile or look at a mountain. Like the first, like what are they, what's your thought process? Who do you think the first person was that did that? Uh, I'll let me go through my contacts it's real easy. quick. It's easy, you goober. It's what? Adam. He named all the creatures. <laughs> I'm talking about like, but ocean wise. You don't he know went that swimming. he was. I don't know if he was he the went first swimming. person to see an ocean. Here's the thing: if he did, he wouldn't have had to been scared. Great white shark would be like, "Here, scratch my back." Scratch my back. That's <laughs> what the shark would have said. Yeah. Let me tell you what a shark's never said to anybody. <laughs> hey, you scratch my back, especially in that voice. <laughs> Go through your Audacity app, and I want you to replay that one over and over throughout. Okay. Scratch my back. Scratch my, my back. Scratch my back. Scratch my back. Here's a good. Here's an interesting one, though. Okay, I'm not a scientist. If you're a scientist listening to this, you can probably debunk me in like 0.3 seconds. I think the ocean is probably a more accurate depiction of the entirety of like aquatic existence than earthbound creatures. Because going back to let's let's say the flood covered the whole earth. Aquatic creatures would not have been impacted. Right. Only creatures on Earth. And so, like, in theory, that's where I'm like, well, if, if dinosaurs existed, right, there's some pretty good skeletons out there, probably, like, that's probably how they got wiped out. The flood very well could have wiped them out. Oh, you're trying to go down this rabbit hole? We well, no, stop. What? So, all I'm saying is there are lots of species that very likely could have ended at that time, whereas the aquatic versions continued. And so that could be an explanation why alligators, crocodiles, they're almost like small versions of ancient 
creatures, or even like the, the tortoise. Tortoises live hundreds of years. Um, and so like part of me wonders if like are they a, a remnants of that kind of that line of species because they were able to survive in a primarily aquatic environment during a flood experience. And so that's why we still see that, whereas purely earthbound creatures would have been wiped out. Right. No, I, I think that's a, that's a good point. I like the way you use aquatic. It makes you sound very uh, scientific. Well, you think of an alligator. An alligator lives in and outside of water. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm wondering, like, <laughs> if it had to be purely in water for a prolonged period of time, it probably could. When you said that, all I could think about was Noah going and testing out if, if a creature could survive. And, like, would throw I'm going to hold the you into the water. Yeah. If you don't survive, you can't come on the boat. Yeah, if you don't drown, you get on the boat. <laughs> if you do drown. It's like the Salem Witch Trials. One la- one last it's one. like the Salem Witch Trials where they're like, we think you're a witch. So we're going to throw you in the water with like chain, chained yeah. up. And see if, if you, you if you survive, you're a witch and we kill you. If you die, you weren't a witch. <laughs> you were a witch. <laughs> and you're innocent. Right. Like you had to go like you had to go through the same process to find out which animals he uh, could take or not. Uh, so do you never told me, do you have a okay, Noah's a good one. We're really stuck on Noah today. Well I'm, there's the whole story about the bears coming down and look, eating people. I'm just saying, hear me out. Hear me out. I'm hearing the comet that killed dinosaurs could also be the the comet that caused the flood. Just throwing that out there. What comet are you talking about? The comet. You know, scientists say uh, the comet, the asteroid that hit the Earth, is what wiped out the dinosaurs. But Isaac Newton thought that the asteroid hit Earth so hard that it actually helped cause the flood. So both can be true. What comet are we talking about? The asteroid that killed the dinosaurs. That everybody the, like that's the big theory. Dinosaurs were wiped out by an asteroid. How? Because when it hit, it wiped it wiped them all out. Because it was so hard, it just killed everything within. Just like, like vibrated them to death. Yeah, like it when 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 an asteroid hold on. hit. So you're just, telling me that asteroid hit so hard that it killed all dinosaurs, but you got Noah on a boat. Who 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 survived the ripple effect of that? Hear me out, though. I've been hearing you out. Hear me out. It's not a good hearing. It could cause the flood to drown the dinosaurs. Oh oh oh! I feel you. Yeah, like Dude, it doesn't. It have to be a direct impact on the T. I understand. But and that but no, that, that I mean that makes be. okay. That I mean that makes sense because, I mean, I'm of the belief that God norm he uses oftentimes natural occurrences to live out i tell you what his purposes we got something going on because i just wrote about this the other day you, in my notes. we're not going to go down this rabbit hole because, but that would make sense because uh, i mean in the inside of the earth was a large amount of water a large meteor could fracture that causing water to come from the deep i'm there's a there's a that's that thought right there is is intrigued I'm me, not opposed to it. Is intrigued me for about mm-hmm. a month now. A of, month. About a month now. About natural natural things that we consider which actually comes on par. It actually comes on par with what we're talking about today. Natural things that we see <clears throat> that 
are really supernatural or divine. And we don't realize it. And we don't realize it. All like right, your David comment, Jeremiah, the end is near. No, no, no. I, what are you getting at? Yeah, he believes in rapture. He don't know what he's talking about. The, <laughs> um, kind of like your comment you made other day in the meeting. We have the outer and inner ability to heal ourselves. That in itself is supernatural, but we don't realize it is. I also sound like a, like a witch the way you just said that. Well, in the context of emotional, like when it comes to trauma, yeah, we have the ability right. to God has given us the ability to heal. Because you think about this is the th- this is what sparked my thought. It was taught when we were talking about EMDR therapy and REM sleep. Okay, if you think about REM sleep and connect it directly to the verse of you have new mercies every morning. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like God gave you REM sleep to process everything that happened the day before so that when you wake up, you feel emotionally and mentally better. And that in itself yeah. is a new mercy. That's a hey, that's actually really solid. I'm, I'll give you credit today for that. Thanks, man. That's really good. Because you're right. Like, God has built in us the healing capacity. Now, sometimes we experience in things in life that cannot be processed that easily. Right. Or they get our natural our cycles out of rhythm and it causes us distress. But you're right. He has built into our code the ability to process, store, and recover, and to heal naturally. Like, if you think about it, if I took a knife and cut my arm, it's going to bleed for a while, but God has given us the internal ability to physically heal from most wounds, right? Again, there's always exceptions to that. Right. But generally speaking, and you're, so are you saying that God isn't even in the little stuff? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. But it even goes to our our past podcast about belief, which was yeah. when I was working through um, the ABCs here of R-E- oh, was it REBT or whatever it is, where it's activating event, beliefs, and consequences. Yeah. Like when you shift beliefs, you have the, the ability to emotionally heal and it goes directly with what scripture says. It's like That's a good point. if you have faith, yeah, you will. And so like even scripture points to your belief system and your faith affects you a great deal. Yeah. And so it's even applying there where scripture knows, God knows, like you need to have faith because this is true and it will provide you with a lot of emotional, yep. mental and spiritual power. I think we end on that note. Okay. I don't know how Noah got there. I don't either. Really, I don't. I don't know how we just landed there, but that was that's legit. Yeah. Um, just a quick plug. If you haven't read the story of Ahud, in so what the is book Ahud? Of, in the book of Judges? We don't have time for Ahud. We're out of time. We're never out of time. It's our podcast. Listen, Ahud is the story. He's one of the first judges mentioned. He's a left-handed man. So here's the thing. Ehud is from the tribe of Benjamin, right? So if you take that literally, it's you have a left-handed man from a right-handed tribe. Because if you look up Benjamin, it's tribe of right-handers is kind of what it means. And so he's an oddball, right? He's an oddball character who's raised at, to be a judge to, once again, the people of Israel are in bondage because they made some really bad decisions. They've been placed in bondage. And so they're under foreign rule. And so the cycle starts where God would raise a judge to come in and rescue them. 
normally through like force and violence. And then they would get their life back together. They would do right for a while. Then they would like fall away from God and then they would be captured. And so there's this cycle that's happening. And so in one of these cycles, there's Ehud. This is my favorite story in all of the Bible. Recently preached on it. And so right as a left-handed man from a right-handed tribe. So here's the the, the thing is he was, he was an unlikely savior. He was an unlikely um, judge because he was an he was an oddball, right? And so some scholars even suggest that it's possible that he was handicapped with his right hand, because in that time period, either he was left-handed, which would have made him like a, a, an oddball, or he was forced to be left-handed. Because sometimes what they would do is if you were born left-handed, because that was like frowned upon, you would just force that child to use their right hand and become right-handed, to become right-handed dominant. Um, and so there's something there's something peculiar about him. And so he was a very unlikely person. So it's possible that he didn't even know he was gonna he was being raised up by God. And the people around him surely didn't realize. It's only in hindsight they can look back and say, he is the man that God raised up to to save them, to make things right um, as a judge against the oppressor, right? And so we don't know just in reading the the account of Ehud, if um, if he knew and the people knew that was he was the judge being raised up, but it's a story about he goes to the king, and and everything works. The entire plot that he has works solely because he's left-handed, and it's such an unlikely thing because the king was not suspicious of him at all. Um, and so I picture like this little goofy gremlin fellow gremlin that's he's just an oddball like he's just so goofy that he comes up with this harebrained scheme of how he's going to get to the king and all of israel just laughs at him because i just he's just that he's an oddball character he's somebody off the goonies or something but what he does is he ends up take like strapping a dagger inside his right thigh and so when he's coming into the king's chambers they it says they kind of pat him down more or less like they check him but they would have never thought to check his right thigh because they check where right-handed people put stuff not where left-handed people so he's he's able to basically sneak in a weapon and then he comes up with this crazy scheme of he leaves and then he's like oh wait i gotta run back and tell the king something and so he's able to re-enter the chambers and it's just him and the king he tells the king he has a secret and it says the king is so fat i think it's the king of moab if my mind's right so that he takes this dag he takes his uh left hand to his right thigh he pulls out the dagger and he shoves it so deep into this king that the dagger disappears into his fat rolls and poop comes out so there's also debate as to you, this story is nuts right he's left an unsuspicious man nobody knew it was coming i don't think israel knew it was coming don't think the moabites knew it was coming he sneaks in this little goofy son of a gun left-handed guy shoves a dagger so deep into this guy that his bowels release and he craps himself also we don't know if that was intentional was that just a byproduct because he's three stories up on the roof chambers of the king's palace. So he, you got to think, if you kill a king, you're not getting out. Oh, oh, nay, nay. Ehud escapes because the king is in the coolness of his chambers because it's a hot day. And there's poop coming out. So he leaves and shuts the doors. Because the poop came out, the servants who return smell it 
and think that he's taking a dump. He thinks the king's taking a dump, and it delays long enough that Ehud is able to go all the way down out of the palace and escape. If the if the dung had never been released, the servants would have discovered the king, and Ehud would have never been able to escape. So either in God's providence, he allowed the kill shot to be so accurate that that happened to give Ehud the opportunity to escape, or Ehud intentionally placed it in such a way that he was hoping that Dung would escape as an escape plan. Because if not, it's a suicide mission. And he's able to escape. The king is dead. It basically says the servants wait to the point that they're embarrassed at how long the king is in the upper chamber. They break down the doors, and they find the king dead. And then the Israelites are mobilized. They come down, they attack, and they secure their freedom. It's a crazy story. How nice would it be just to go to the bathroom anywhere? He was in his bathroom. I know, but like he was in a chamber. Can you imagine being on the third floor, open windows... Like just free as a bird. I'll be honest. I was in, when I was in Africa. We visited this refugee settlement, and they had squatty potties, like holes in the ground. You squatted down, took a dump. My American tail was not able to do it. the The level of anxiety and discomfort in that moment was like I knew like this is probably a cleaner version. Like squatting down, pooping, probably could not do it. Could not. I was like, in my head, I was falling in the hole. I was like, something bad was that's happening. That's a giant hole, then. <laughs> that is a pretty big hole that you're but falling in. But that's all I could think about was I was going to like fall. I just couldn't do it. So, Speaking of natural supernatural, it is fertilizer. So it does help the earth. So maybe it's intended for that. But no, it is a crazy story. I was going to say, if y'all want to listen to Marty preach, you go to YouTube, but... No need now, because he just did the whole sermon on the podcast, which was great. Do you have any other final comments as we wrap up today, <laughs> senor? No, sir. Not at all. I thought it was pretty good. It was a pretty good one. Hey, listen. Noah took us to a lot of places. He did, especially the new world. <laughs> uh, all right, y'all. Until next time, y'all behave yourselves. Holla. Thanks for joining us on another episode of TNJ. Don't forget to check out the links to any of our guests in the show description. And check out tattoosandjesus.org for additional show information or to submit your questions, comments, or curse words.